Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. So this episode of the podcast makes just a little bit of podcast history. Uh, this is the first time we've ever had four people on one episode. This is a conversation all about the military experience here at Darden with application tips and insights for military applicants, so you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, the conversation features two members of our Darden Military Association, Pierce Lee and Bridget Fox, as well as my boss, Executive Director of Admissions, Donna Clark. So without further ado, here's our conversation about the military experience here at Darden. Pierce, Bridget, Donna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brett. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Yes, Glad you. to be here. A little bit of experience Darden podcast history being made. Uh, we've never had three studio guests, so um, thank you for taking the time. Uh, let's have you introduce yourself first and then kind of get into the topic of today's uh, conversation, which is really about military candidates navigating the application process, why we're so enthusiastic about military candidates here at Darden. Uh, so let's start start with you, Pierce. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Pierce Lee, current second year here at Darden, uh, originally from Charleston, South Carolina. I spent four years in the Marine Corps as an aviation maintenance officer. Bridget? Yep. Uh, Bridget Fox. I'm a current second year at Darden as well, originally from San Diego and spent 10 years in the Navy prior to Darden. And two-time podcast guest. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And Donna? Sure. I'm Donna Clark, Executive Director of Admissions here at Darden and really excited to be here um, started the military initiative in about 2002. So it's near and dear to my heart. So let's let's talk about that history. Um, so uh, offline, before we started the podcast, you talked about sort of in the early 2000s, there was a, a push to recruit yeah, uh, military candidates to Darden. There was. At the time, it was, um, I think, around the time that Desert Storm was ending. And there had been um, a lot of discussion about the extent to which military students prospective students stand out in our pool, particularly for their leadership experience, team skills, discipline, characteristics that tend to translate into a great Darden student and a great leader. And so we initiated a program at Darden called Operation Top Talent. I think we were the first uh, top business school to initiate a military recruiting program um, that got support from our alumni and uh, one of the first schools to be listed um, as a military-friendly school on the GMAC website. And that program has just grown over time. And we're just really proud of our military current students and alumni who have graduated. And I know recruiters say they uh, can't get enough um, potential employees that have a former military background. So really excited to have been a part of it. So, Pierce and Bridget, you're both involved with the Darden Military Association, or the DMA, as it's known in Darden parlance. Um, uh, what has this organization meant to you during your, your time here at Darden? Start with you, Bridget. Sure. Um, so, coming in as a first year, I'd say first and foremost, it the DMA um, provided just a, this a, like um, excellent resource for career um, transitioning. Um, skills and, you know, opportunities to engage with former alumni and former veterans um, in the private sector that had similar experiences that I had. Um, so that was kind of how I initially started to integrate into the program. Um, and now being a second year and being a member of the board, kind of transitioned now to giving back to the first years as well as current alumni um, as we kind of extend our outreach to the greater Darden community. 
How about you, Pierce? Yeah, so I think that's pretty spot on. Um, the For me, especially the Darden Military Association has been the single most impactful thing in my time at Darden. Um, not only are they really good at ensuring a continuous pipeline of highly qualified veteran applicants, but once you actually get here, the resources that the second years give you and the resources that the association gives you in terms of navigating the recruiting process, navigating Darden Core, which is a very intense experience, um, and navigating things that you might be surprised that are very difficult to you, like more quantitative um, classes, right, and classes that, that might be a little more challenging to you. The DMA is extremely effective at doing that um, and ensuring our success through our first year. So um, have you had an opportunity now that you are uh, second-year students, a little bit further along, um, you had a chance to talk to a lot of prospective students as they think about Darden and sort of evaluate whether this might be a good fit for them? Yes. Yeah. A couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. At least a couple of weeks. <laughs> so so what are what do they typically want to know? I mean, we're not always privy to those conversations. They ask us different different questions, I'm sure. So what's on, you know, they talk with you, um, military candidates who are looking here. What's, what's on their mind? So I think when you look outside, especially outside of Darden, talking about Charlottesville in general, it's very appealing to people from the military because of, the outdoors aspect and because of the American history aspect and the hiking and all that stuff. And then they want to know about Darden itself. And is it very supportive for families? Is it very supportive um, in terms of a community for veterans specifically? Is the Darden Military Association very active? Um, and they're really, really worried about, um, you know, the, the application and the GMAT they need to get in um, and the veterans' benefits and the fact that it's a state school is extremely beneficial to us as well, right? Because if you have 100% of the GI Bill, that covers 100% of your tuition, uh, which is huge. Um, that can be if you're at a private school that doesn't isn't part of the Yellow Ribbon Program, that can be to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars. So I think that's a really important thing that they, they're concerned about. Any questions you commonly get, Bridget? I would say, just generally speaking, it's typically what was your experience like and how did you go about determining Darden was the right fit for you? Um, so finding some common ground in what we did in the military and then how I went about tackling the application and admissions process and then why I ultimately chose Darden um, is kind of where the conversation typically heads. Well, that gives us a natural segue. So, Donna, you've worked uh, with a number of applicants through uh, your career at admissions. Um, what do you see as the real opportunities for military candidates and what do you see as some of the challenges sometimes for military candidates? Sure. In terms of opportunities, generally, so many military candidates have really relevant leadership skills, um, more so than they're, as a group, their civilian counterparts. So I would encourage them to really accentuate any leadership skills. Also, team skills are really emphasized in the military, and I find military candidates tend to be pretty exceptional in terms of their team skills. The type of discipline you need to excel in a program, I think, is really relevant. So I would definitely encourage people to accentuate those things. Um, a challenge can often be a very common challenge for people who are in the military who want to transition out is they haven't worked in a business, uh, in the business world yet and aren't quite sure what area, what functional area or industry they want to go into. We definitely understand that as an admissions committee. And I think it's why Darden is such a good fit for military candidates because we are a general management program. And the first year of core is going to expose military candidates to a lot of different functional areas and industries 
to help them begin to refine what they want to do. But they definitely stand out as a group in terms of team, leadership, and discipline. Well, the career thing, I know that comes up a lot, even with our executive MBA candidates who have a chance to work closely with. Uh, Pierce, Bridget, uh, is this something that was on your mind? Did you know exactly what you wanted to do? I'm sure you obviously got asked it in the application process and had a chance to talk about it in the interview process. But uh, I imagine you were still probably figuring things out. Yeah, I'd say definitely. Um, you know, you get here and, and three weeks later, recruiting starts and they, they ask you what you want to do. And um, it's a very difficult um, it's a very difficult decision to make, especially if you don't have any experience in the business world. But you can be guaranteed and rest assured that the core at Darden will expose you to a bunch of different functional areas. And by the time you're done with that, um, you have a really good idea of things you like and things you might not gravitate towards quite as much. Yeah, and I would just add, um, when you're going through the admissions process, um, it in no way binds you to a career path, uh, whatever you choose to to kind of narrow your your ap- application towards. Um, but it does behoove you to do some research and just demonstrate that you have, you know, provided some insight into what a typical career path might look like for a post-MBA, especially a transitioning um, veteran. But you are absolutely <laughs> able to uh, to change um, and deviate from that plan once you arrive for full time. Yeah, and like I said before, we're quite accustomed to military candidates maybe being a little bit more nebulous in terms mm-hmm. of what their career goals are. That's really normal. So I think we're a little flexible. I totally agree with Bridget maybe doing some research and even approaching it from the perspective of, I've talked to some people, um, here's what I'm thinking of at this time, but nobody's going to hold you Mm -hmm. to what you said your career goals were. And again, a general management program is such a great fit for a military candidate. One of the things uh, some of our executive format students who are transitioning talk about is they've come from this very hierarchical world where the next step and the next step and the next step are all very clear. Uh, then all of a sudden, it's much more nebulous. <laughs> like, uh, what is networking? I've never really had to do too much of that. Um, or, you know, what do I, you know, how do I even figure out what it means to be a consultant? Um, is this, uh, did you all have this experience um, as you were trying to think through some of this? Definitely. Um, yeah, I think the, uh this is a concept that gets um, brought up during MBA admissions, but then also when you go through, we both did consulting recruiting, is that whole notion of being comfortable with ambiguity. And I think having come from an experience where we were forced to make you know decisions under compressed timelines, stressful um, situations, I kind of thought I was okay with ambiguity um, until kind of that revelation of, wait, I don't know what the next step is, and it's kind of up to me to choose, and I'm kind of outline, outlining, you know, the next two to three years um, or more of my life. Um, but so I guess kind of understanding that early and accepting it um, as, you know, what the what the program's designed to be, and that's sort of the case for all of your, um, your colleagues and classmates, um, makes it a little bit easier um, as you move forward. One of the things um, that comes up a lot on, on, on the podcast with the current students is uh, this kind of pressure that people feel, you know, uh, around everybody's going in a million different directions. And it seems like everybody knows what they're doing and like you kind of get pulled in a lot of different ways. 
if you're someone that's now in a world where you're trying to figure it all out, maybe build the plane a little bit as you're flying it, you know, with your career, is that hard in that in those first couple of months as you're having to go to company briefings and kind of process all this? Pierce, is that something that's that's challenging? It, it, that that is something that's very challenging. But there's a piece of advice that I got um, once I was accepted to business school, and that was use your position as an accepted Darden student who's not going through recruiting yet to reach out to any and every single person you can on LinkedIn and any and every industry you can and have conversations because you know it's a no-ask, free conversation. And as a Darden grad, and that's part of the beauty of this network, every single person I reached out to is willing to talk to me. For example, I talked to one of the Disney executives who was former CIA, then went to Disney, Darden before all that, and it was one of the coolest conversations I've ever had in my life regardless outside of you know, any sort of business school experience. But I was able to have those conversations over and over again and really narrow down before I got here what I might be interested in. Donna, do you share any tips with um, candidates as they're coming in or even just navigating the admissions process as to how to try to bring some definition to those career interests? I think, you know, I love the phrase, we don't know what we don't know. And I think one of the things that Darden does, it's a, it's a beautiful aspect of the program, is that it exposes you to a lot that, that most people have not been exposed to when they have a military background. So I would say try um, not to be too worried about it. I think the strength of the military background overshadows the nebulous career goals that um, when people have that much going for them, I think they're going to figure it out. Um, I, I have a little bit of a non-traditional back, I mean, opinion on career goals because I think I've seen so many people who come here and develop a passion for something that they've never been exposed to. So I think to expect people to know exactly what they want to do before they even get here is a little unrealistic and um, I think there's a little bit too much of an emphasis on that. I would say one thing to keep in mind is in terms of feedback we get in admissions, we get such great feedback from current students about their military peers. We get such good feedback from faculty about the military students in the classroom. Literally, recruiters are saying, send us even more. We do really well with military recruiting at Darden, but recruiters want more and more. So I think as a confidence booster, I would love people to know who are applying with a military background that they're going to be really embraced and appreciated and well-respected and most likely thrive here and be highly sought after. So just as a confidence booster, I did want to share just the extent to which I get positive feedback about the performance of our former military students. And I gather the DMA has done a lot to try to share the military experience with folks here in the community uh, in terms of programming that you've offered over the past past few years. Um, talked to Derek DeBrule quite a bit about mm-hmm. this on the podcast, and he was saying, you know, we want people to understand. You know, most people may not have had exposure to the military prior to coming here, so what a great opportunity to learn. It's it's for me. It was very surprising when I came to Darden that in higher educated circles there has not been much exposure to the military and to veterans. And so one of the really cool things about this and about being veteran at Darden is that the perception which you leave on your classmates as a veteran directly correlates to their willingness to hire and support veterans throughout the rest of their career. So it's really important that we do have that exposure to the rest of the Darden community, that we do bring them into the fold to demystify the military, demystify veterans, and really create those relationships that will last. One of the things um, 
that I wanted to piggyback on is this uh, idea of demystifying military experience. You asked earlier about challenges that military candidates have sometimes when they're navigating the process. And this doesn't happen all the time, but occasionally for those of us who don't have a military background and we're interviewing someone, sometimes there's a tendency to use a lot of jargon that may be unique to the particular branch of military that they're in. So I would definitely encourage people as you're preparing your essays and preparing interviews to try to figure out a way to communicate what you've done in layman's terms so that it's understandable to those of us who may be interviewing you without a military background. Is that something you had to work on, Bridget? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think what was what I personally found helpful in navigating that space was um, just extending outreach to veterans who were, you know, two to three years ahead of me in the process that had already gone through sort of that loophole of um, translating their experience into, you know, civilian terms. Um, and then just get your resume and your essays out to as many different types of folks as possible for review. Um, I used one of the, I think, non-for-profit American Corporate Partners, ACP, um, where I was paired up with someone. She was from Tuck Business School, was now like a marketing director for a company, and she happily reviewed my essays and resume and gave me pretty uh, pertinent feedback as, you know, own this leadership experience, but here's how you can tweak it to really make it stand out to mm-hmm. someone who has no understanding of what you know type of jet you were flying, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, it kind of brings us to another thing that you mentioned before we got started, Bridget, um, is give yourself some time uh, to work through all this. It's pretty consistent admissions advice, um, but some people may be wondering, like, well, how much how much time should I have started a year ago? Um, had, let's talk about sort of the arc of your of your research process. How long did you think about getting an MBA before you actually took the step of maybe going to an event or starting an application? I'd say about two years. Two years. Um, when I when I realized the point at which I realized in the military that I was going to get out, started thinking about what that next step was was probably with about two years left. And so starting to research business schools, starting to research military associations, benefits, all that stuff um, was really important. And then it probably wasn't until about six months before the application was due that I really started to work on the resume and the application portion of it. But one of the most important parts of a resume or of a B-School application is the GMAT. And so taking studying for that and taking the requisite time to not only study for that, but be able to give it enough attempts that you're going to be able to set yourself up for success there is important. How about you, Bridget? What was the arc of, of your process? It was probably similar, um, a year and a half to two years. And I think some of that's just the nature of the military in that you have to give almost a year advance notice that you're separating. So sort of backing into an admission or, you know, start date for an MBA application, um, you have to, you know, kind of give yourself some lead time of when you're going to notify the military that you're separating. And before you make that decision, well, what am I going to do next? And I think, you know, deciding to get an MBA, you sort of start to build in that timeline. Uh, this is more of a psychological question. Is that is that a difficult decision to make, to separate? And obviously you put a lot of time in, or maybe it's an easy decision. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, it's a very personal decision. Um, and I think it just depends, you know, Pierce did four years. I did 10 years. Kind of where you are in your career um, might factor into that. But I, you know, was at a point where I felt like I was leaving on a high note. Um, I was going to have positive, you know, reflections on my experience. And I sort of felt that if I had stayed any longer, that might have turned into burnout and maybe, you know, uh, maybe more negative emotions associated with what was overall a very positive experience. Um, there's so many pros and cons to it, right? And so there's like every day. 
there's things I miss about it and there's things I absolutely don't, right? And, and I get to wake up and come to class at Darden and it's air conditioned and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just an absolutely wonderful experience and a ton of fun and stimulating. Um, but there's certainly things I miss about it. So, um, not a not an easy decision to make, but I think the more time you're in, the harder that decision becomes, which is why I immediately pointed to Bridget <laughs> as a 10-year veteran. Well, my impression is that the DMA helps with some of that adjustment. Right? You still have that community. You have people who understand your background. Is that is that your experience? That is, absolutely. And that's camaraderie is one of the main um, missions that we have as a DMA. Yeah, and I would just – the DMA for sure, um, but Darden as a whole, that was one of the things that stood out to me immediately was because it is kind of a smaller class size. It's a very tight-knit community. Uh, that kind of like close-knit camaraderie was very evident when I came for the interview. So, Donna, at, at an admissions level, we think a lot about uh, the class and who right. people will be um, – one of the things that I think sometimes is on prospective students' mind is, do they have the right background? You know, do they, uh, they have the right employment background, educational background? What do you share with candidates who have that set of questions? I imagine some military candidates might be wondering that since they have not been in a quote-unquote traditional uh, business career. Sure, that's a great question. Well, because we're a general management program and there's such a heavy emphasis on the case method and class participation, we intentionally look for people with diverse backgrounds when we're compiling the class. People are coming from different industries, different regions of the world, you know, different perspectives. Um, so uh, typically about five to seven percent of the class has a military background. And we just released our or we're about to release our early action decisions. And it's going to be a little higher than the typical five to seven percent, which I'm really excited about. Um, I do think people can shine for different reasons in the application process. There are some common denominators we look for in candidates such as strong emotional intelligence, interpersonal skills, communication skills. But one candidate may stand out because of coming from a really unique industry. Another one may have a really uh, riveting story of resilience. Somebody else's recommendations may just be absolutely exceptional and differentiate that candidate. So I do think different people can stand out and shine for different reasons. But it is a general management program. We don't look for a cookie-cutter um, candidate. I think that would make for a really boring uh, class environment. Let's talk just a little bit about the adjustment to business school. So we mentioned this sort of this two-year, multi-year journey. Uh, obviously, a lot of time went into your application and you know, the application process. Then the day comes and, and you're here. Um, you have obviously done very difficult things in your life, challenging things. Uh, you've, been, you've, you've overcome a lot. Resilient people, no doubt. Uh, but what was that like, um, being a business school student? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's an adjustment for sure. And yeah, you mentioned we've both been in busy, you know, like workup cycles for deployments, which you don't think you can necessarily top that. And not that I would, um, <laughs> you know, compare that to what core is like, but it is a very different type of time management hurdle and stress, um, that I wasn't necessarily fully prepared for. Um, but as far as the adjustment goes, I appreciated being a part of a program that was very structured and core is very, you know, you know exactly where you need to be, what is expected of you. Um, and it kind of forces this 
you know, immersive, collaborative atmosphere where you get to know your classmates very quickly in the process and um, very, you know, you're spending a lot of time together very early on, which I appreciated coming from, you know, a pretty strong community before. Yeah, I think um, core is a very difficult experience. And Darden has a reputation for being a workhorse of a school. And I would say that's an accurate represent, or, um, reputation. And part of the reason I chose Darden, part of the reason I think a lot of veterans do choose Darden is because you know that you're going to be fully immersed in something. You're going to be working very hard. But at the end of the day, you're learning equally from your classmates as you are from the professor. And it's one of the beauties of the case method. And so the transition hasn't it's been different and it's been difficult, but it hasn't been all that much different from the military in that respect because you're still in shared difficulty with your peers, which is bonding you extremely closely over those first three quarters. Um, and you're creating – I don't think I truly believe that you would create lifelong friends in two years, and I certainly have. So I always ask people like sort of the last – the same last question, um, which is kind of around what, what advice would you give people? I mean we talked about a lot of different pieces of advice. But, you know, a prospective student calls you and says, you know, sort of like any, any last tips or suggestions, um, what, what would you share? What would be, what would be uh, that tip? So um, the, the number one piece of advice I give to prospectives who call me is to know your brand and know your why. And it's so cliche if you've read any of Darden's materials because Darden harps on the why, but it's not because it matters. And so it's not that you went from somewhere to the military or from one job to the other. It's why you did it. It's not that you want to go to Darden. It's why you want to go to Darden. It's not what you want to do after. It's why you want to do that and why your brand and your perspective is going to add to the Darden classroom and it's going to add to your um, to your classmates' experience here at Darden. So know your brand and know your why. And if you can fill out your entire application with that narrative in mind, you'll be surprised how strong of an application you'll be able to put together. Donna, that's an interesting point given your earlier comment about career goals. I, I, this is my take, and I'm, I'm curious your reaction to this. I'm always just trying to see the logic behind like right. if what I'd, what is what you're saying? Does that make sense? Like what you want to do? Have you at least reality tested some of this idea? Can you can you connect the thread? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, Pierce's comment resonate with you? It does resonate with me. And a lot of times, if I'm meeting with a candidate or interviewing a candidate, I might ask more why questions about their past. Um, so, you know, why did you select to go into the military or a particular school or um, what have you? And they say the best predictor of the future is the past. So if people have well-articulated reasons for why they've made the choices that they have and they're thoughtful and mature, then most likely they're going to be able to do the same here, especially with all the resources that are here. So, Bridget, uh, what would be uh, your your piece of advice? Yeah, um, I mean, similar to Pierce, I would kind of go back to what we talked about, giving yourself time. Um, it's not just time, I guess, to prep for the GMAT and complete all the components of the application, but take time to really reflect on your achievements, what you've done to really build that cohesive story about who you are now and where you want to go forward. Because, um, you know, GMAT and GPA is, you know, one of many components in the application, but discovering kind of your story, your why, um, and where you want to take that in the future is going to carry with you as you, you know, enter into business school and then start that whole recruiting process into your next career. 
one of the things that I think we're struck by sometimes with the questions that we get from prospective students is that it almost feels like they're focusing more on us than actually on their story. I'm, I'm struck by the fact that, that both of you have talked about knowing your story and why you want to do this. And it's very much more of an in, internal thing than an external external thing. I hadn't really thought about it until you said it that way, but that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it, we get a lot of those questions around essays, Donna. I'm, I'm sure you get these questions from people from time to time. Uh, what What do you have in mind? What kind of answer would you like for this, or do you do you have a particular thing? And I'm it's like, well, what what do you affirmatively want to share with us for essays in general, or just any part of the application? Do you do you get these questions? I've been getting a lot of them on the phone. Not it's not it's not a criti- criticism of anybody. I just think it's kind of interesting that a lot of the questions that we often get from prospective students seem like they're thinking more about what we might think about what they share versus what they affirmatively want to share. I like what Pierce said earlier about knowing your brand. I often tell prospective students to really think about what it is that about who they are or what they've accomplished that they're most proud of. And that does tie into what your brand is to just, you know, a lot of people, most of the applicants who apply to Darden have a lot going for them. And there's probably 20 things they could legitimately talk about. But what are some of the themes? If you're a relationship builder or community builder, for example, what examples do you have that illustrate that you're a strong community builder? Or um, it's much more powerful to give a couple of examples of the extent to which you're a strong team player than just to say broadly that you're a team player. So I would just really think carefully about, you know, what you're most proud of conveying to us. And like I said earlier, different people can stand out for different reasons. Um, and a lot of it is the strength of your story and how, how much it resonates. And there's obviously a broad platform for sharing that story, obviously multiple short answer questions. And then if you're invited for an interview, um, how did you how, how did you enjoy did, let me start this again did you enjoy the interview here obviously it's an opportunity to tell your story it's a conversation what was that like um it was a, it was a conversation it was a 45 minute kind of hey tell me about yourself and i'll i'll interject and ask some questions along the way but um it was really just about getting to know why you're sitting in this chair right now what's led you here and why darden is going to be the thing that you need want and is going to set you forward into a path of success which is a little different than what people might have in mind when you say this is going to be an interview it's going to be a business school obviously every school does this a little bit differently um i think one of the things that we enjoy is that it is very much a conversation bridget what was your interview like very similar a 45 minute conversation with um a recent alum uh and i was actually it was a little bit unique in that i was currently at the time um on the west coast so i interviewed at the google campus in san francisco and i was really blown away with um, all the alumni that showed up and just seemed so genuinely happy to see each other that it just gave you this sense of like what Darden was really about, of you know, making those lifelong friends. And they just had, you know, coming off their second year, they're just starting their new jobs. It's a very like positive atmosphere. So uh, Donna, I'd be remiss. We, we have you here on the podcast. We've asked everybody for tips. Any, any tips or suggestions? You round two deadline coming up in, in January. Um, any, any insights you'd like to share? I would just say generally just try to have fun with the process. Um, a lot of people get, understandably, it is stressful with studying for the GMAT or GRE and sometimes taking multiple tests and, and having full-time jobs and having to complete multiple applications and go on business school visits. So um, try to approach it from the perspective of you're about to embark on a really exciting next chapter Try to really get in tune with what it is that you're proud of, how to convey that as sort of as your brand, um, 
and get excited to go and tell your story to somebody who's going to interview you. Be excited to share your essays. A lot of people tell us once the process is over, oh, I really enjoyed it. It was a great opportunity to be reflective and, uh, you know, to really be thoughtful about the, the process. But um, just try to, as overwhelming as it can be, to, to have fun with it and think about the, the really exciting journey you're about to embark on. Well, Pierce, Bridget, Donna, uh, thanks for being part of Podcast History. Thank you for uh, being here on the podcast today. It's been great talking with you. Thank yeah, you, Brian. Thank you. Us. And that was my conversation with two members of the Darden Military Association, Pierce Lee and Bridget Fox, and my boss, Donna Clark. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. And until next time, thanks for listening.